0: Welcome to Voices of Santa Clara.
1: Having a good idea doesn't get you And if we'd hit those, there would have been an explosion. We would have died, obviously.
2: Scholarship should cultivate the virtues.
3: Worry more about, am I searching for what I should be doing next in the world?
0: Hello everyone, welcome to Voices of Santa Clara, I'm your host Gavin Kylesgrave. Although universities are a great place to meet lifelong friends, play competitive sports and give back to the world through research, the number one primary reason why most students go to college is because they believe it will help them get a job. But as college students know all too well, simply getting good grades is usually not enough to land a dream job. It takes effort, smart relationships, and a little bit of luck to jumpstart your career. Santa Clara University prides itself on helping students transition into the workforce while prioritizing social justice and ethical behavior over simply making a lot of money. And one of the key resources for helping students in this transition into their career is the Career Center. I have actually been able to benefit from the Career Center myself and it's one of the main reasons why I was able to land my internship at Equinix this past summer, which was as perfect of an opportunity as I ever could have hoped for. College students have all sorts of questions about jobs, but these questions are sometimes hard to ask. Where should I find internships? Should I go to career fairs? How do I craft the perfect resume or cover letter? Should I be networking? I don't like networking. Should I work at a startup or a big company, or maybe do research on campus over the summer or take a trip overseas? Fortunately for students, the Career Center has answers to these questions, and in this interview, you'll hear the perspective of four different career counselors. At the end of the show, they'll get into some specific resources, but there are two things I want to mention right off the bat. One is that you can visit scu.edu/cc anytime to see tons of resources, including a job prep toolkit online. Secondly, is that the career center has tons of awesome people who would love to chat with students, whether you have a specific opportunity in mind or don't know whether you want to be an artist or engineer and have no experience whatsoever. The format of this conversation is that I'm going to play you the highlights from the four interviews, and then two of the four interviewees will share a little bit more of their own career journeys. And then finally, we'll finish up with some steps you can take to learn more. First up is Megan Cress, who focuses on business and engineering students. Megan used to be a recruiter for the renowned consulting firm, Bain & Company, and she shares a few of her tips on landing a competitive internship. So I'd I'd love to start out by asking, so you worked in the past at Bain and company Uh doing recruiting. So Uh a lot of time for business or engineering students, they are really interested in that super competitive kind of consulting internship. So from Uh someone who's worked there before, kind of what types of things do those competitive companies look for that students should be aware of?
1: Sure. Um,
4: I, w- I was just presenting on this last night to mm. the Santa Clara Consulting Club. So they were hoping for more resources from kind of the, the other side. Um, so, you know, first and foremost, they're looking for just super solid academic performance and leadership. Um, if you think about what consultants do, it's so technically focused and so client focused that you have to have both the really sharp technical skills and processing power Mm -hmm. and you also have the people skills to work with any client that gets paired with you Mm -hmm. um and i mean that could be any personality right so Mm -hmm. um so you really kind of need to be someone who can use both parts both sides of your brain Mm -hmm. um what i tell students is don't let your resume get in the way. Make sure your resume falls in the yes pile so that you get the opportunity to showcase your people skills, because a resume Mm -hmm. is just a piece of paper. So as long as that kind of checks all those boxes, what you Mm -hmm. have on there, especially kind of being well-rounded, a proven interest in the area Mm -hmm. of that industry. um, Again, solid academics, a fair amount of involvement, which is never an issue for Santa Clara students then that resume goes right into the yes pile and then it's next step. So Mm -hmm. my emphasis for students is just don't let that resume go in the no pile. Like give yourself that chance.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think it's worth it or that it works out often for students to maybe reach out to companies that don't have formally posted internships versus companies that do? Because Mm -hmm. uh, what what are your thoughts on that? It
4: does. Certainly not every time. I can't give you a percentage of how many times it works out, but I have had quite a few students in the last few weeks come back to me after they'd taken that approach and say that it worked out for them. Or maybe the one, the first company they'd targeted to reach out to with that tactic didn't pan out, but then they reached out to a few more and one of those did. Um, Mm -hmm. I just had a student get an internship at Driscoll's Berries that way.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well, how how many companies should maybe a business student applying for internships think about applying to um, and how... I guess focused should those applications be versus just sending out a lot of applications. Really to good question. Companies. Really
4: good question. I'm so glad you asked. So there's no magic number. Mm-hmm. Again, there's no one size fits all. But what I try to really focus on is with with students is quality over quantity. Because you can send out fifty really mediocre applications and not catch anybody's eye. Or you can spend your time sending out ten. Mm-hmm. And the extra time you would have spent on those 40, you really pour into each one of those 10, make them customized, tailored, thoughtful. Again, give no excuse for that resume to go into the no pile. Mm -hmm. And at least one of those will make its way to the right person and catch that eye. That's all you need is one, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely quality over quantity. And just to kind of go a step further, I recommend that students track which applications they've sent out, on which date have they Mm -hmm. followed up, Who did they hear back from? Should they follow up again? Things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, You guys are so busy on campus. And so it can almost feel like a job Mm -hmm. to apply to jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, And so having some sort of mechanism for you to track and calendar and things like that is really important. Mm
0: -hmm. Are there any common misconceptions that students have about getting a job or getting an internship that you see?
4: A common misconception among, among some is the internship you do is going to be the field that you remain in mm-hmm. for the rest of your college years or even career, and that's certainly not the situation. You can use internships as a way to decide what you don't like to do, mm-hmm. right? Um, so if you do a few different internships, you decide maybe that field's not for you. That happened to me when mm-hmm. I was a student. I to segue to networking which i was going to mm-hmm. talk about too as a misconception yeah. i was fortunate enough to mm-hmm. have two dorm mates in swig who consecutive mm-hmm. summers their parents needed an intern in their different industries mm-hmm. and so i got to try out two different industries um and dabble in both and neither of those are anything i went into permanently but i got to try it and see and mm-hmm. i was a benefit to them during the time that i worked with them so i i, I was a, an asset to them i freed up their time to do mm-hmm. some things That they needed to do. So, and then the I guess the second common misconception that um that I segued to in terms of networking was is that networking is this very formal business suit, shaking hands thing. But networking can be as simple as overhearing somebody at a coffee shop talking about some hiring needs on their team or at their company and turning around and introducing yourself or saying, gosh. I just heard you talking about hiring an intern for the summer. And I'd actually been reading a lot of really cool things about your company. Would you be interested in having someone from Santa Clara apply? Right. I can't tell you how many times those conversations turn into something real. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I tell students all the time, just look up from your phone when you're out and about, because the easy thing to do is just to kind of overhear that happening Mm -hmm. and, and just kind of, you know, stay on Snapchat or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you really kind of just, pick up your head, you know, keep your ears open and, and start really talking to people, things happen. Things happen through people. So you have the power to make it happen for yourself or to just kind of passively let it go by.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. About resumes and cover letters, are there any tips you have or common mistakes that you see students make?
4: I am a big fan of including one of those final interest lines at the bottom of a resume, so um, you'll see that sometimes students kind of list out a laundry list of their extracurriculars or what they enjoy doing. My personal advice is to include just one or two really unique things about yourself, and sometimes you have to dig really deep to discover what those are. But um, I've had students list things like Rubik's Cube aficionado or mm-hmm. snow globe Collector or um, you know, won a contest in seventh grade and had a planet named after me, you know, things like that, I guarantee are going to catch the recruiter's eye mm-hmm. because it's so different. It's something you want to hear more about. And that's the best thing mm-hmm. that a hiring manager can come away with is feeling like they want to know more about this person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also the first thing that your interviewer will ask you about. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it. It's a it's a really good icebreaker for both the candidate and the interviewer. Mm-hmm. So for people that feel like, oh, I don't want to put that line on the bottom of my resume, it's unprofessional it's actually great. It's a huge benefit.
0: Next up is Dean Koo, who works with alumni. In his past jobs, which i will hear about a little later, Dean worked as VP of marketing for the company that founded Guitar Hero, and he also played an integral role in expanding Starbucks worldwide. So you've had so much startup experience, and I feel like startups are kind of uh, like mystical opportunities for students, uh-huh. and so many students think that would be the coolest thing ever. But w- what have you learned from your startup experience that, I guess, would be advice for students who are maybe considering working for a startup out of college?
3: That's a great question. I would say you definitely want to look at tech trends and pursue opportunities that are really exciting. I mean, I think right now artificial intelligence is really exciting, blockchain technology is really exciting, and there's so many opportunities being here in Silicon Valley. I think oftentimes they're we're in a bubble on campus, that I think students need to understand some of these large macro tech trends and to figure out what they're interested in. And from there, you know, look for opportunities that give them a chance to take on more responsibilities to grow with that organization. And they have to do enough vetting to make sure that the teams are a fit for them culturally and um, that the business model works, that they have enough investment. But I think startups for the right person provides, they provide a ton of opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, when you're looking
0: forward to the next maybe like five or ten years, what type of like skills or mindsets or do you think will be important or how is kind of the workplace going to look different?
3: Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of forecasts in terms of how the, the types of jobs are going to be very different. Uh, so it's hard to predict all that stuff. But I think what's really important is really being flexible and adaptable and willing to change uh, to, to develop new skills, mm-hmm. because that's the only thing you can rely on. And again, I think the people skills, following through on your commitments and learning to um, manage uh, upwards, you know, being able to uh, understand how to interact with your boss uh, effectively, how to find a mentor will be critically important. So those are all related to people skills and soft skills. Mm -hmm.
0: Do you have any job application or resume or cover letter tips that you see a lot of people get wrong?
3: I think, you know, I've worked with hundreds of students. I think some the the biggest mistake oftentimes for students is they don't know what they don't know, meaning that they're not aware of the most effective way to apply for a job. So, for example, you have to very clearly look at the job description to understand exactly what those qualifications and skills are required. And based on that, then you need to tailor your resume. doesn't mean that for every single position you have to totally rework your resume, but for a given type of position, like financial analyst, all those skill sets are generally the same, so you'll have to have one version for that and one for HR if, if you're applying to very different positions. So definitely has to be a tailored resume. Um, also understand what's important. So on a resume, you want to talk about through your bullet points or accomplishment statements, not only what you did, but what were the results, what kind of impact did you make. Because employers at the end of the day, they want to know, okay, you did these things great, but what was the impact?
0: Mm-hmm. How important is networking versus maybe just really focusing on your skills and then sending out a bunch of
3: applications? So focusing on your skills is definitely important. So you can do that even through uh, leadership positions on campus, uh, athletics, you know, the work ethic, discipline, focus. So there are all all these different ways to kind of work on your skills outside of a formal internship. Uh, the networking piece is critically important in the sense that If you know someone or can get a referral, your chances of getting that interview or the job are significantly higher. Mm -hmm. I think the misconception also with networking is um, it's basically building relationships. So however you may do that with a classmate, with a professor, uh, someone that you come in contact with at the store, I mean, there are many different ways to kind of build these relationships. And so I think students do need to focus on striking up these conversations, getting to know
2: people.
0: Next, we have Amy Peterson, who specializes in working with graduate students. Amy hails from the Midwest and used to work at a large semiconductor company running an internship program of over 300 interns. Are there any tips you have or common mistakes that you see students make on their resumes or cover
2: letters?
1: What I see the most in terms of with graduate students is having a whole history on their resume in terms of everything that they've done in their in their past. Um, and they're always surprised when I say, well, what is it though that you want to do in the future? Like, what is it that you're looking to do? Um, because that's the way you want to have your resume written is, yes, it's your past history, but it needs to be future focused. So it needs to be written in a way that it takes you to um, the fe- like what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So, taking your skills from the past and how do you translate those into what you want to do in the future? Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's probably the biggest mistake that I make that people just kind of have this whole history, or they even mm-hmm. on their cover letter then really just write about what's already on their resume instead mm-hmm. of telling their story about what they want towards the future and mm-hmm. how their skills fit the the job in the future.
0: Hmm. And what about interviewing? Are there any tips you have for, for interviewing?
1: interviewing. Um, practice, practice, (laughs) but, um, you know, we can get excited about the interview and then start to get nervous about, um, you know, making sure we're the right fit when really you want to go into an interview knowing that, you're as much interviewing them as they're interviewing you because you want to know you're a good f- You know what I mean? That not only do they want to work with you, but you want to work with them mm-hmm. as well. So I think that sometimes is one of the tips that I like to, to give students in terms of if they're really feeling anxious about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that look at it that way. Don't look at it as a one-way street. Look at it as a two-way street and mm-hmm. have a conversation. Um, that also will help them come up with questions towards, you know, at the end of the interview that sometimes um, we say if you're, you need to have some questions at the end of the interview for the interviewers, and what do you want to know? What 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 is it that's important to you mm-hmm. um, about the company culture or whatever it might be mm-hmm. so that you can make sure you're a fit. So mm-hmm. doing your research. Um, is, is really key as well for interviews.
0: Yeah, I have a question about career fairs. So a lot of times okay. they can kind of be intimidating or there will be two companies that you've heard of and there's a line of 100 people at those companies and you think, how could I possibly be different than these other 100 people? Is right. it even worth it to go? Yeah. So how, I guess, important do you think career fairs are?
1: No matter if you're a graduate student or an undergraduate, being able to Go to a career fair, but be prepared, kind of like you have to be prepared for an interview. Um, Knowing, kind of having a strategy makes it a little bit less daunting. If you know you know, five companies you really would like to go talk to and you really kind of look at it like, okay, I'm gonna understand the the company, I'm gonna understand or do my research and understand the types of positions they have and how those are a fit for me. Or even if I want to find out more about those and see if they're a fit for me, then you kind of have something to go forward and go up and talk with them about. If you go to a career fair and you say, well, what do you have for me? The recruiter is going to do all the talking. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you go up and say, I know you have this type of position. This is what I'd like to, to share with you that I know about myself that might fit with this position. You're going to stand out way more than the student that just stood there and listened to what the company has to offer. I think that's the way you stand out.
0: Yeah. Finally, Christina Kwan, who works with arts and science students. You'll hear a little more about Christina's career later, but she has worked in architecture, design, and for the International Rescue Committee and the California State Assembly. I would love to ask some about arts and Mm -hmm. science students. So there's so many majors that might Uh. not have a specific job that you can associate with them, you know, whether that's uh, like art history or English or anything or anthropology or anything like that. So how does someone in a major maybe doesn't have a clearly defined career path? Like how should Mm -hmm. they be thinking about their career?
2: Right. Um, So a lot of times the students come and say, I'm looking at my other friends, they've got a job, they know exactly what they want to do, it seems really linear, and there's that kind of anxiety of like, oh, I should know exactly what I want to do. And the thing is, I'm like, you know, your your arts and science major for a reason, it's because you're interested in a lot of things, Mm -hmm. right? And you see that there's all these uh, interconnected ways that one major could be related to a, a variety of fields or industries. So I do ask them, you know, why are... Did you get into sociology in the first place? Why did you get, do you think you might want to be pre-med in the first place? And uh, there's certain motivations that they have. And we're like, okay, um, th- let's identify a few themes or things that you're interested in, maybe your top five. Mm-hmm. And then how can we plug that into industries that, again, you're interested in? Mm-hmm. So whether it's tech or they're interested in nonprofit or thing or there's problems that they want to solve in the world, there's a way that you can find a place for yourself. So I said, okay, here's about five. Mm-hmm. Let's look at your top two or three, start with those and then mm-hmm. just kind of have to jump in and talk to people. Mm-hmm. I know it's mm-hmm. like networking and you guys asked about that and it seems really scary, but it's just talking to people and seeing what their experiences are. So mm-hmm. I encourage that um, that part of the exploration process. And no one really has the answers and you have to kind of stumble upon it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's okay and a lot of people feel the same way, I felt the same way, mm-hmm. so it's perfectly normal and a lot of people feel like i said all the anxiety but Mm -hmm. you're not alone
0: Mm -hmm. yeah what types of opportunities should arts and science students be looking at maybe for summers you know Mm. how how does how do internships compare with maybe research or abroad experiences
2: well that's you know it depends on the individual right so if they what i would do is actually say um Where are you at? So if it depends if you're first, second, third, you know, and you're trying to get a job or you're trying to just explore an industry. Mm -hmm. So for say a first or second year, they see that their internships, like they look at Handshake and they see what's available. Mm -hmm. And they're like, wow, some of these are really interesting, other ones are not at all. But the ones I'm interested in, they ask for a lot of skills and I don't have that yet and I don't feel like I'm ready. Mm -hmm. So then I said, that's fine. So your first two years or so, you might just build the skills, what are the gaps? And so I do let students know, if this is what your target is, look at, again, what are the things that they're, they want? Is it a specific skill, like um, a technical skill? Is it a specific experience? And then if you identify those gaps, then you can find ways to fill those in. So maybe it's a technical skill. Can you take an online course or project experience? Can you take, use your current academic project and, um, Focus it into this particular interest of yours. So then you can put that on your resume or maybe it's they just need admin help uh, Or just working with a nonprofit you can do that in your community a lot of different ways by volunteering or just getting involved um, You know, so again, you're building your resume So when you are at that point you're maybe your junior senior you're gonna have that and you'll feel a little bit more confident mm-hmm. If you're a junior or senior, like, I just need to, I think I need to get that job. But then by that time, you've done a little bit of exploration, maybe talking to some folks. Then you can start finding out about opportunities that actually don't, aren't publicly um, announced. Because a lot of arts and science students, they're very niche, the things that they're interested in. So there may not be this one posting that's going to be on Handshake that's going to be the exact fit. They have to kind of find out where those exist. Mm-hmm. So, again, a little bit more exploration. Yeah,
0: a lot of what... Santa Clara in general and specifically the arts and science school focuses on is these kind of soft skills like critical thinking um, or there's a lot of focus on social justice and these different types mm-hmm. of things that are kind of difficult to quantify or put on a resume so how should students think about sharing those skills that they have that aren't you know computer programming or something Is Easily yeah. quantifiable is that
2: that it's true. It's really tough because you don't have metrics of how you've improved certain, um, you know, how you relate to people or something like mm-hmm. that. It is kind of tough. So I do uh, like in a resume, maybe you don't have the numbers, but you can still tell the story. Uh, so maybe it's a little bit more context of how many people you've helped of of a specific population or the types of themes or issues that you've uh, the diversity of issues that maybe you have. Mm-hmm. Um, addressed in your work, or um, maybe you can talk about impact by saying that maybe you created a report and this was then presented to advocates for, environmental advocates to be considered for something. So it's okay to say you don't have a result yet, but should you, the important thing is to show that you've had some sort of impact. So I know the numbers can feel a little weird for some people when you, when they start putting down their the resume, but you know do your best. Uh, the point is have, tell a story. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah.
0: About resumes or cover letters, are there any common mistakes that you see students make, or advice you have for students when they're creating those application materials?
2: Oh, well, I'm sure a lot of your my colleagues told you that you really have to um, make a match, right? So you don't the if you're taking a generic resume and sending it out to 100 employers and just assuming that they'll find something in that that's going to be matched, then you're not you're making them do all the work. So you have to do the work and say, this is what they want and this is what I can offer and then uh, make a connection that's pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a lot of times we don't realize that we actually have a lot of those skills or experiences Mm -hmm. that are going to be a great match because we're not used to marketing ourselves. So that's Mm -hmm. maybe a tough thing. So you need to maybe ask friends or family or like, what did I do? Or what is it about me that makes me a unique candidate? Mm -hmm. Um, And that'll be helpful for the interview as well. So um, yeah. that's a big thing. If you're, how do you market yourself? And not a lot of people feel comfortable doing that.
0: Do you have any interview tips for students?
2: It's kind of, I guess, that goes back to marketing yourself and a lot of things that we don't think are a big deal for arts and like, why? Well, you know, I just communicate. That's just what I do. But that isn't necessarily the case for someone who's in engineering or business. Everyone's a little bit different. So if you can think of, and I know it's really obvious a few top three strengths and then come up with stories that really demonstrate how that you know has an impact in an organization or in your in, or a project. Um, that's what's important because then you can really tell them, you know it's not just about those numbers. I increased this or I um, serve so many people. It's like, okay, why was this important to you? How did it make an impact? and how do I add my own unique spin or talent to this? And of course stories are a lot more impactful. people remember them getting used to telling stories and or even asking other people did i do something that made it made an impact and like again it takes time to kind of figure that out mm-hmm. so i think that's the most the most important thing understanding yourself what you can offer and be able to then articulate in a way that's meaningful for you mm-hmm. um, and the employer
0: yeah okay now we're going to hear a little more about dean coo's career what did you Think you wanted to do for a job when you were in college?
3: When I was in college, I thought I wanted to work with people in some capacity. wasn't sure how, and I thought the best path forward was to pursue social work. So I uh, got into a couple masters in social work programs at USC and then Columbia University. And uh, actually took time off; I deferred to actually do some social work to see if I really wanted to do it. And it didn't work out. Uh, I think it was just the, the wrong population at the time. And through the course of life, I um, started working at Starbucks, who at the time literally had in the Bay Area one or two stores. and mm-hmm. um, really enjoyed what I was doing and very quickly had a chance to you know, manage stores and, and train people. And through the course of life, it kind of took me in different directions. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, what did you uh, continue to do with, with Starbucks after the first couple of years?
3: Yeah, so I mean, I really enjoyed the people. The company is growing very quickly. Loved the fact that they really focused on employees, making sure that people were happy, uh, had a balanced life. So it really spoke to me. Um, I knew I didn't really want to do retail operations for the rest of my life, so I ended up getting an MBA. Um, but through the process, i really built up some strong relationships with people in the company that became uh, ultimately executives. And they provided an opportunity for me to go back to school um, worked on projects while I was getting my MBA, interned there over the summer, and then they were starting an international department and had a chance to, to join very early on. And through the course of that, I had a chance to train and, and basically develop a lot of the international teams from Thailand, the UK, Malaysia, um, and ultimately they asked me to go to China to help open up their first eight locations in, in Beijing. Uh, and I wasn't sure exactly if I wanted to do it, but I knew it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, so I just I did it. Um, and it was a great experience, but it was really hard. This was China in 1998. Um, and I've always been someone, I think, who, who sought new and exciting opportunities that were essentially once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, like going to China. But then I also saw the internet boom start taking place as well. And uh, had a chance to go back to China, go to Shanghai, to another city to open more stores, but saw that in the Bay Area, there's so many things that were going on that were so exciting related to the internet. Um, I knew nothing about it, but I wanted to be here. So through the course of an introduction and serendipity, got introduced to um, a, a co-founder who was looking for someone uh, to help with their marketing mm-hmm. uh, for an internet-based startup. Uh, it was basically an online game rental site. So the, essentially Netflix. And we started just a little bit after Netflix. And of course, their business model took off, uh, but online game rentals didn't really take off. Um, But was at the startup for about seven years, and then through the course of the dot-com boom and bust, uh, we ended up pursuing other pathways within games, you know, pivoted, and eventually created a game called Guitar Hero, which was um, a really great experience. Um, But after seven years at a startup, very lean startup, running, you know, full speed, I wanted to do something different. And so... um, through self-exploration, through um, meditation, and practicing mindfulness, being present. It helped me get a better sense of what I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And through the course of exploring different things, uh, got a master's in counseling psychology here at Santa Clara, and uh, really discovered that I wanted to work with people um, individually. And through the course of my career, I realized I had helped mentor and train so many people, and that's what really brought me joy, and that's kind of the pathway that I took to get back here on campus working with students and alumni.
0: Here's Christina Kwan talking about her career journey. What did you kind of think you were going to do with your career when you were in yeah.
2: college? Yeah, so I made a lot of mistakes, so <laughs> but I learned from them, it, so it's not really a mistake at all, uh-huh. is it? So uh, I started out in architecture mm. And so that you will become an architect, right? And that's what you think you're gonna do. But I was really not very aware of, of, you know, what you can do with architecture degree. You actually have to become a practitioner. Um, you're like eight, 10 years, then you get a license. I'm like, I didn't even know that. And so when I was in the junior year, I was like, hmm, I don't think I really want to do this, but I'll, con- I'll finish it out. So by the time I graduate, I knew I didn't want to go into architecture, mm-hmm. uh, but I liked being creative. And a lot of people who are in design, Are idealists because they want to create a better world a more beautiful world right improve things and so I continued on my path with um, like graphics and uh, Exhibit design and then uh, I decided I wanted to get a master's in industrial design as well But I also always studied anthropology and archaeology because I thought this is a really You know great mix. I thought it would get into restoration historical. Oh, it's gonna be great Uh, but then uh, I it ended up that master's program wasn't very structured. I ended up getting a mm-hmm. second bachelor's and and a minor in anthropology. But there's something called design research, mm-hmm. where they combine anthropology and social sciences with design. So you do a lot of research. You talk to people. You observe them in their natural environment. Uh, and then you find out what are some of their unmet needs. So it's really sociology, but it's, the end product is supposed to be some sort of product or service or design, whether it's for a business or whatever, or government. Uh, went through that, thought, oh my God, this is like the perfect job, Found went, uh, went to a consulting business, thought, oh my God, this is exactly what I want to do, and did it for a few months and found out I did not like it. Mm-hmm. I liked what I was doing, but why I was doing it, I did not care for because it was for profit. and. You, I felt at some point. I'm listening to people, all their stories. I'm traveling across the country. It was to, to women. This was like the one project I was on was on, on women in transition. And so they're telling you all their stories of heartache and tra- you know um, all their challenges and all the things. And you're like, wow, okay, what can we do to solve this problem? What are some of the issues that we really? It was for Yahoo, by the way. And at the end of it, you're like, okay, well, we can't even deal with that stuff. So how can we build a better website? And it was like, well, there's more to that. But it just didn't seem there was a disconnect. And I mm-hmm. felt it kinda of exploited people. Mm-hmm. I said, I I want to do the same thing, but I want to do it for good. So mm-hmm. I decided I want to go into public service and I said, I'm just gonna do it. I'll go into public service. So I spent three years at the state legislature, um, working for my district and uh really got to work with people one-on-one, help them advocate. So a lot of those same skills of talking to folks, asking them the hard questions, solving issues that are human-related, and being creative were still activated. Um, and so I did that for three years. He termed out uh, my the elected official, and I thought, oh, God, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. So they, um, from there, I said, well, you know what, the people that I've worked with, the ones I like the most are the nonprofit folks in my community. And I said, they were great. They're so nice. And so I said, I'm just going to go and volunteer, see what it's like. I volunteered for as an employer. uh, It's like it's like employer mentor at the IRC, International Rescue Committee for refugees and thought, my gosh, I could do this. I like what I'm doing. And Mm -hmm. it's counseling again. So this kind of counseling skill kind of came up over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I thought, hmm, maybe I should go ahead and look into counseling a little bit more, but I said, I'm not going to do the master's yet because what if I go, that's what happened when I got the industrial design, something didn't quite work out. So instead of, so I put the brakes on it I said, I'm going to jump into counseling any way I can. So I also worked at a career center uh, for or so one of the, there's a national system of career centers and there's one for every region. And so I uh, decided I wanted to help out with the youth there and so I worked there for a few years I was able to get in so just by the way all of these white transitions that places I got into were through informational interviewing mm-hmm. that's how I got in because I was really interested in what they did I was able to talk to somebody who was willing to give me a shot mm-hmm. and from that case and I've usually been able to get a job or some position and again did that for a few years and said I think I could do this I really want to do I want I was helping at-risk youth with their careers and then I got my masters then i was still working and you know finishing that up I said hey I think I want to do in higher ed too that would be kind of cool and so and here I am but it was a long journey and it was really difficult uh, and it you know I it's not like there's an easy answer but I needed to go through that because I you know I'm evolving I'll still evolve. This is probably not going to be my last job. There's so many other things. So, I tell students I've had at least three or four distinct uh, careers. And if I hadn't gone through that and I hadn't known that I could get through that, I couldn't give you the the advice that I know that you could do it too. So, um, and that's one of the skills that I think uh, arts and science students have. Because they have, they're dealing with ambiguity early on, they can adapt better than perhaps maybe some of the other majors. And that's going to be something you're going to need for the rest of your life.
0: Finally, here are some of the resources that you can check out about the Career Center.
4: I hope that more and more students are discovering our Job prep Toolkit on our website. We've spent a lot of time on that. We really take great care to update it very frequently. Um, it's a 24-7 resource that helps walk students through kind of any and every um, question that they would have throughout the course of the career development journey. Um, I would also urge them to take advantage of other on-campus resources, like we have a lynda.com account through LinkedIn. Um, you need to go over to the library. So things that, you know, even I didn't realize um, that we had here on campus as a resource when I
1: first came back. It's, it never hurts to ask because there's so much available. What I think that students don't know that I want to kind of plug is we have interest inventory you know that students can take so that if they aren't quite sure what they want to do we're also here for that as well and we have
2: resources for that. Oh well a lot of students are using Handshake right and so I think the thing is they might be using it the wrong way so they use it as a, as a job board They're you know, like what are the things that are you know I'm looking for things in environmental science, and they put that in as a keyword, and they don't see exactly what they want. So we're telling a lot of students to search by industry and job function, and then use that as a way to research uh, what they want to do. Because again, it's, they, there could be a lot of things that are tangentially you know, related, and but it could be of, of interest to them. So start to see different types or chunks of things that you're in, or groupings of uh, Opportunities that you're interested in and mm-hmm. like arts and science need to maybe the, again is a broader So they might say well I'm really interested in something that's happening in tech. I see what's really interested or I'm seeing things in sustainability or um, Humanitarianism or you know, so they have started to identify that again What is it that they're actually looking for are they technical skills? Are they some of the soft skills? And then once you do that how do you build your way towards them whether it's mm-hmm. through experiences or volunteering or projects so I think using it as a research tool is important, not just a job board.
3: Through our website, we have all kinds of information in terms of what else could you pursue outside of a formal internship that will give you the right skills, the right experiences to get a job. We have a toolkit that explains you know, what should be in a resume, how do you apply for jobs, how do you network, how do you use the alumni network to reach out to people within the Santa Clara community that might be willing to chat with you about a job or opportunities there's so many valuable tools that we have on our website Mm -hmm. uh and i think it's probably not used as frequently as it should be Mm -hmm. so i think i I definitely recommend that students check out scu.edu forward slash cc or career center Mm -hmm. i'll take you to that site Thank you so much for listening
0: to the show today. You can subscribe to Voices of Santa Clara on the iTunes podcast app. You can visit VoicesOfSantaClara.com for interview transcripts, and you can like the Facebook page. Special thanks to Miles Elliott for the music. Thank you for listening, and have a nice day.